Stories change us, inspire us, encourage us, and keep us going. Green Chair Conversations is the place where story and change meet through authentic conversation as we learn and grow from a diversity of voices. Welcome to Green Chair Conversations. Hey everyone, today we sit down with Hope's very own Ricky Fondren, the director of our collective ministry, which is a ministry for singles and young adults. Ricky will share his journey through divorce and a few unexpected career twists and turns and what it really means to have a second chance. Ricky, hey, hey thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> oh man, I'm so excited about this. When you and I were talking about you sharing your story, um, I just, I, I love vulnerability, honesty, mm-hmm. and just the, the path you have walked through. And I've seen some of it as we've been coworkers for a while now. Um, but I would love for you to just dive in. So you are right now uh, the collective pastor. Is that correct? Right. Okay. Proudly and, the collective pastor. Yes. And yes. it's taken a, quite a journey to get here. Absolutely. Walk us through that. So when I think about my journey, I think about highlighted moments, pit stops. Mm. Uh, so I am the pastor of the collective right now. Okay. Uh, so, but that started the whole journey. If I had to go back, I would go back to when I was 19. So it's going, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm old, I'm, <laughs> but it's, it's going a bit of ways back. But when I was 19, I used to sing with this community choir. It was the Orange Mound Community Choir. We would travel places singing. And this one particular place that we traveled to was in Arkansas. It was a Kojic church in Arkansas. And it started off as a, a musical concert, worship experience, and it turned into a prophesying service. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a big thing. It was okay. a big deal. So, spirit drop. The man started prophesying over people, walking row to row. And he stopped at our row and he came down our row and my hands were lifted and I was worshiping as a 19 year old. And he said, God's going to call you to preach. Immediately, my hands dropped. I was like, <laughs> who are you talking about? I came out of the spirit. But I never forget that moment, uh, because if you fast forward like three years later, I did accept my call to the ministry. I was at this Baptist church and I let the pastor know, hey, I've been running from Jesus for a long time and I finally I'm giving in. I know I've been called to preach. I could not shake it. So in that day at the Baptist church, you would preach a trial sermon. So I preached my trial sermon. And uh, what happened from there is just a whole lot of life, unexpected things. Mm. They kind of just kind of took my path down ministry just this weird way mm-hmm. where I was uh, dormant for a season where I wasn't preaching, I refused to preach. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that I remember the most uh, was when I went through my divorce. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, uh, going through my divorce kind of pulled me away from ministry a little bit, just okay. the whole process of going through my divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of part of the journey. Yeah, and walk me through going through the divorce and kind of getting to where you are. I was preaching at a church. I was a part of the preaching team and all of that that jazz. And that was when I was 22. I accepted my call into the ministry. When I was 24, I got married. Mm -hmm. I got married. Uh, That was my first marriage. Uh, I was married to my son, Mm -hmm. Trey, you Mm -hmm. know, Trey. I was married to his mom. And I, rem- I remember early on uh, in the marriage, 
like our first year was really, really rough. We had a lot of challenges. Uh, the word divorce was thrown, thrown mm -hmm. around quite a bit, mm -hmm. but we managed reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And this was pre-Trey. Yeah. So this was pre-Trey. So we managed reconciliation and uh, I realized in hindsight that it was temporary reconciliation. We really didn't reconcile mm. the way that I think God would, would have wanted us to, but we managed it. Yeah. Uh, and I say that because I like to highlight that because like that was pre-Trey mm. and the fact that we were able to do that. Now we have Trey. Now Trey was a product of that. Uh, but fast forward like seven years after we got married, uh, we got separated. So I remember that, a vivid imagination of that, and it was really, really rough. I remember feeling abandoned, mm. feeling really, really hurt, crushed, uh, feeling like I was gonna lose my son, because when you are a, a parent, I, I guess for the dad, it's just a different experience for the dad. Um, so I remember like fighting to have time with my son to, to be a co-parent and it was, it left a colossal void like mm -hmm. in my life. So the way I managed that, uh, the way I got through it, uh, Jessica is, uh, I cling to Trey. Yeah. I cling to Trey. He was my lifeline. Yeah. Uh, my saving grace. I put all of my energy and my love into loving my son, to fighting for my son, realizing that, I could love him unconditionally. He was only going to return to me love. Mm. He, was, he, was, he was not going to look at me through the lens of failure. Uh, so when it came to my, my, my marriage, my first marriage, it was a failure. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, the thing that helped me through that failure, through that void, was clinging to my relationship with Trey. So tell me what, I mean, what I love about number one, us having this conversation too, and this is what you and I had already talked about is, I mean, so many people have gone through divorce. Mm -hmm. uh, nobody really wants to talk about it. So right. thank, thank you for doing this. Um, but I mean, also talk to me a little bit about, I mean, you said what helped you was Trey, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of looking to him, caring for him. Uh, what what was a hindrance? Like what kind of, what was the struggle throughout that process? Well, first, of course, nobody gets married to get a divorce. Yes. Nobody wants to get a divorce. So it's, a, it's an unfortunate thing that happens, right? Just life, whatever reason it happens, it happens. But when you're married uh, with children, you have to figure out the co-parenting situation. And that was a real, real struggle for, for me, just trying to uh, mm -hmm. navigate through that because I did not want to be yeah. an every other weekend dad. I just refused that. And so fought, 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 and by God's grace, joint custody. So that was a big deal for me, I fought for that. And uh, so that strung everything out. And the fact that uh, my ex-wife, my son's mom was fighting me on that to, to, to give me what we were already doing and what I, feel, what I felt like was rightfully mine, like joint custody. He's, he's just as much my son as he is yours um, because uh, there was a fight over that. What could have happened and what did happen for a little while was bitterness. And this willingness from, from my side to, to forgive and God dealt with me about that. Mm. Uh, 
So he, he dealt with me, but it wasn't, I didn't arrive at their place easily. He, he said, you have to pray for, for her. You have to, like you pray for yourself, you pray for your son, but keep praying for her because she's still my daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a big, big lesson for me. But there, there were also hindrances along the way, just the processing throughout through divorce. So the biggest hindrance, I, the biggest help was Trey. He was my lifeline. But my relationship with Trey was also my biggest hindrance. Yeah. I love that you're saying that. So, that makes so total sense. I have yeah. to explain it. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. So because I gravitated toward Trey and I was leaning heavily on Trey, uh, put, putting all of my energy and love into Trey, I realized in hindsight that I never properly healed from the failed marriage. And what can happen is um, <laughs> I thought I was healed, but I realized that I was still hurt. And I didn't realize that that I never properly grieved my failed marriage until other relationships, until I was outside of the the failed marriage trying to pursue other relationships. It's about to get real. (laughs) It's about to get real. So I'm outside, I'm trying to pursue, and I'm thinking I'm operating from a place where I've I've been healed. Because, and maybe I thought I was healed, but maybe there was this numbness that I took on. Maybe I was masking some things and hiding behind my relationship with Trey. I didn't think I was doing it at the time. I thought I was healing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I later found out that I was not healed because I never properly grieved. Because like I said, hmm. I did not get married to get a divorce. Yeah. So I'm thinking I'm okay, but I'm not okay. And I've put all this love into Trey. I'm thinking I'm fine. I'm feeling like I'm, I'm ready to pursue other things and do other things. And I realized I never, ever healed. I never properly grieved of the failure that was my first marriage. Mm. And uh, that hindered me going forward in life. Uh, as I pursued different relationships, as I interacted with other people, you, you carry that hurt into other relationships. And the danger is when you are hurt and you think you're healed, you don't even realize that you're hurt. You're hurting other people hmm. because you never properly dealt with it. Hmm. That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. That's really, really good. And I appreciate you um, being vulnerable with that because that's such a difficult, complicated process mm-hmm. as you're navigating. And so talk me through then kind of working through that process, mm-hmm. you know, so kind of talk me through you, you kind of are, like you said, you started realizing maybe I'm not dealing with this. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not working through this. Now talk me through like moving forward then. The thing that I really like, the pivotal moment for me happened when I started dating my forever wife, (laughs) my wife of the present, my my wife, Reagan. And uh, (laughs) it's funny because as we started dating, as we realized that we were seriously uh, interested in one another, we had a lot of conversations. Hmm. And she sat me down and she made me talk about everything in my past. Hmm. Like she, it, it didn't happen in one city. <laughs> but over weeks and weeks, she's like, you ready to pick up where we left off? Like, <laughs> I guess so. And she made me talk through everything. Hmm. And there was a part of her that was trying to protect her investment, trying to make sure she knows yeah. what she's getting into. But in that process, it helped me realize that I needed to grieve some of my past. And the way you grieve it is sometimes you just need to say it out loud. Yeah have a sounding board, somebody who listens to you. And she, she did that for me. 
And that really helped me move forward. Hmm. It really helped me move forward. I love, I love that you're talking about um, grief too mm-hmm. in this. I mean, I think that that's a really important piece and, um, and how easy it is to move past something without grieving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so easy to, to do that. And I think that's really interesting. And even, I love that you're saying the idea of saying it out loud, mm-hmm. how much that helps the healing process of saying, here's where I'm struggling. Here's where I'm at. I never really grieved this. I think that's really powerful. It really is. There, of course, there is a narrative being formed as you process your way through divorce and through moving forward. And what can happen is, uh, if you don't properly grieve, like, like I said, you could think that you were healed because you want to move forward. You want to believe that you're healed because you don't want to stay there. Yeah. Nobody wants to stay yeah. in, a, in, in, in a place where they've uh, experienced any kind of failure. I wanna move from my past failures to success. So sometimes we can speed up the process uh, we can try to fill voids illegitimately, and that's not God's plan. God wants to heal you from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And a part of the healing process is saying it out loud, is giving yourself time uh, to grieve. And I didn't do that because um, there's a part of you that wants control. Yeah. So when you're going through the divorce process, for me, my personal journey through it, I lost all sight of control where I wanted to be out of it, mm-hmm. but I couldn't because it just, it strung along for a long time. Yeah. So, filed in 2012, se- separated in 20, 2010, filed in 2012, and the divorce ended up being final in 2014. Well, so it was a, it you was said a, you were separated in 2010, mm-hmm. and then the divorce is final in 2014. 2014. So four years of court and going back and forth mm-hmm. and oh wow and it just drains That's you exhausting. And, and you feel like you're in this place where for me I felt like I was in this place of purgatory when I, I had no control I'm like I know th- it didn't feel mm-hmm. fair yeah so you try to push ahead in your mind mentally and what you would tell yourself is spiritually this is yeah. God wants me to move ahead and I, I want mm-hmm. it's time for me to move forward mentally and you think that you're ready and you realize you you've like there there's no shortcut process to grief Hmm. Uh, that's why i love when uh pastor rufus was talking about lamenting you remember he talked about early on in COVID. he was like the importance and i think he did it two sundays in a row i was like we got it pastor rufus lamenting but (laughs) he was stressing that for a reason yeah like you cannot shortcut their process yeah. Even if you have a loving son to pour all of your love into, yeah. I still have to grieve my failed marriage. Yeah. And that's so universal, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think any of us like we live in a culture, too. Like our culture doesn't love grief Mm-mm. and lamenting. It's kind of go, 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 go. Push for like we don't like thinking we failed or messed something mm-hmm. up. None of us want to be. I mean, if you think of social media on Instagram feeds and Facebook feeds, nobody's highlighting their like failure reel, right? Not. So I think we just want to move past it. We right. live in a culture that doesn't want to embrace that and accept right. that. And so I love that you're saying that's actually a pivotal piece mm-hmm. in moving forward. That's mm-hmm. a pivotal piece in kind of um, kind of moving moving on in a it's sense. It's part of the process. Yeah, and we and have to embrace that. We have to, that's, that's one of my favorite phrases. If you ask anybody in the collective, <laughs> when Ricky's um, ministering to me one-on-one, I always tell them, embrace the process. Yeah. It's a part of it. It's like you want the end result yeah. 
but nobody is really really trying to embrace the process that leads to the end result yeah in a healthy way yeah and that's the hard stuff i say mm-hmm. that same thing i always say uh uh, people listening that know that I say, I mean, I talk about embracing the journey mm-hmm. and kind of going with it. We like the end result when I'm out of this or when this is fixed mm-hmm. or when I figure out what my, I get my dream job or mm-hmm. whatever it is. We want the end result. But that journey along the way is very windy and up mm-hmm. and down. And absolutely. And uh, I had a, the other day I was actually at coffee and I had somebody repeat that back to me. I was like, man, this journey is hard. I'm just ready to be on this side of mm-hmm. things. And they're like, remember you're supposed to embrace the journey. I was like, oh, I hate that though. That's the <laughs> it's beauty, hard. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just hard to do. Yeah, it's really cool when it kind of turns on you and all all the <laughs> stuff you spit out to people. Yeah. And God kind of, however He chooses to give it back to you, He gives it back to you. He's like, okay, God. Okay. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so talk me through a little bit. I mean, what would you say to the person that's listening today and is like, you know, I feel like. I'm too far, like we're talking second chances, right? Mm-hmm. We're talking, uh, you know, in a sense, you're talking about embracing the grief that comes along yeah. with, with the process as well. But what would you say to the person that says, you know, I'm, I feel too far gone for a second chance. I feel like this, whatever, it doesn't have to be a marriage. You yeah. know, I mean, this is very universal to a job or an addiction or something that somebody can be struggling with. Uh, what would you say to that person? I realize that we live in this, this huge grace area. Mm. And uh, for the person who's struggling with that, and I too struggle with it. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to my forever marriage, uh, I struggled with that for, for a season, feeling like I was too far gone or I was damaged goods and I'll never mm-hmm. be able to love mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. But for, for the person who says that, all that means is they don't understand God's grace. Yeah. Now, I don't fully understand God's grace. I don't fully understand because it it's yeah. incomprehensible. Yeah, uh, and I think I don't think we have the human capacity to fully understand God's grace, but we are living in the grace era. era. Mm-hmm. This is uh, we we are uh, new covenant believers, and I'm going to sound like a preacher, but hey, I told you <laughs> you are one. I'm a preacher, so <laughs> you got to deal with it. But this is the era that we're, we're living. Yeah. Grace. Uh, God's grace has been made available to us. And it's like the person who's struggling to like accept God's grace, I would just challenge them and just, there's not, there's not a place where God's grace cannot reach. Mm. So it's like, regardless of what you've done, God's grace can still reach you there. And you know, part of the story that I just realized we're not even touching on is you know you kind of you go through this divorce, mm-hmm. and then you, um, you, you kind of have laid down essentially the preaching, teaching, kind of this feeling of calling, if you will, and that this is really where I'm supposed to go. You kind of lay this down. We talked to Candace about this uh, Mm -hmm. as well, and that she at one point just gave up singing Mm -hmm. because she's like, I I can't do it. Mm -hmm. But essentially, you're doing the same thing. You're laying this down, and um, then you connect to hope, Mm -hmm. and you're in the IT. You're you're working in a church, not preaching and teaching, which is so interesting to me. And that's kind of this in-between stage still of getting to, I mean, I know that it's like, how long do we want this conversation to go? But I love this because it, it really is such a holistic view of that. It's not so A to B to C, mm-hmm. you know? So early, early on in just my life, after I accepted my call to ministry, God dropped in my spirit that I was going to be doing full-time ministry. He dropped it in my spirit. Um, so failed marriage happens, divorce happens, 2010, I get separated. 
Um, and I find myself at a crossroads. I'm like, I gotta figure out, I have to redefine me. I need to go back to school. I need to figure some things out. So I decided to go back to school and I have two paths before me, uh, technology or theology. I choose technology. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm letting it go, I'm hurt, I'm not. Not even, I'm not even gonna do that. I'm not, I'm not even thinking about, I choose technology. Uh, now again, God had dropped in my spirit that I, I would be doing full-time ministry. I'm not, so I, I, I never lose sight of that. I'm like, okay. So I choose technology and just fast forward, God used technology to bring me to hope. Hmm. So because I chose technology, I started doing this job as a technologist at Shelby Systems, um, supporting their church management software. Uh, the same software that Hope uses today. Yeah, yeah. So um, I end up at Hope because Hope realizes they need uh, a database administrator. So I come to Hope and I'm telling you, Jessica, <laughs> I was totally fine with just hiding. I didn't need anybody to know about my past history. I'm coming to work and not really to worship. I'm doing a job. Hmm. Uh, so I'm here operating in that capacity. And as the Lord will have it, uh, through connections that I made, you can only hire for so long. Yeah. It's like your gift is going to come to surface. It's gonna, yeah. and it's gonna come to the, the the forefront of everything, and you'll find yourself operating within that gift. So I, I started teaching here at Hope, and I realized that I can't. So first I was running from God, mm -hmm. and then He He caught up with me. Yeah. Then I started hiding from God, <laughs> and He found me. <laughs> so He found me here at Hope, and I realized that, okay. When you said I was supposed to do full-time ministry, it's fine that you're doing it in the IT capacity, but I have something greater for you, and it's time for you to like uh, operate in that gift and that calling that I called you to. And um, yeah, so that happened. Yeah. It was an amazing story, and yeah. it's just, it's kind of amazing how God did it, how even though I chose technology, He still brought me to hope to do ministry. Yeah, I love it. And I love too just how, um, real and authentic that is because mm -hmm. I feel like that's the kind of stuff we're all experiencing you know I mean I don't feel like like I love that you said you were running from God and then you're hiding from God mm -hmm. and I think it's just this kind of accumulation of like at the end of the day like God knows exactly where we are right you know I mean it's like I just and I just think it's so ironic too that like you chose to hide from God in a church like mm -hmm. you're doing IT yeah. but you're hiding from God in a church yeah. and God's like okay like yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna find you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna find you. But like I said, I came here to do IT work. Yeah, yeah. I knew the calling that was on my life, but I wasn't trying to operate within that calling until an awakening happened, and I realized that I can't run from this anymore. Yeah. I can't hide from this, and I wanted it. Yeah, I wanted it. I yeah. was. I became uh, the passion returned to me to minister to God's people. So when the opportunity came calling, I was like, me, 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 I'm ready. That's awesome. And I never thought in a million years that I would be chosen hmm. because I just thought that maybe hope would be looking for something else, maybe certain credentials or maybe this or that, or maybe there was a fear of losing what they had as a star technologist. I didn't know. <laughs> Cause I was a superstar. Don't play. <laughs> no, so, you were. Yeah, you were. Still in. I called you lots of times. I still do. <laughs> but it's like, uh, I just didn't know, but I knew that I had to like 
uh, go after that. And yeah. I'm so happy that I did. Yeah. Like I'm so, wow. it, there's not a day that goes by that I don't thank God for this place that I'm in right now, uh, mm -hmm. being the director of the collective and yeah. leading them as their servant leader. Yeah, okay, so after going through your whole journey, looking back, um, what, I mean, what would you tell your younger self? Like, what would you tell, like, what would you say as, as main lessons along the way? Or what would you just say to your younger self or somebody who's going through, who's back where you were in 2010? We all have this different life experience. Like you always talk about, you go through these ebbs and flows, these windy turns. And uh, no matter what life throws at you, whatever that experience is, I would say to my younger self and to anybody who would listen, is never, never give up on God because he's never gonna give up on you. The thing that amazes me about my journey is even when I gave up, God didn't give up. Like he didn't change his plan. So even when I was okay, to hide and hope in a church, like mm -hmm. you said, God still had, he still know what he put on the inside of me. It's like, you can run, you can hide, but God's plan is his plan. Uh, he doesn't change his plan. Yeah. So uh, the other thing I would say is, you want to develop this trust in God where you can trust him even when you cannot trace him. Like, I don't know where you are, God. Mm -hmm. Because there was a time when I felt like uh, God had abandoned me. And it, it, causes you, it causes you not to like trust him on the level that he desires to trust you to trust him on. So I would say, hey, even when it doesn't make sense, it doesn't add up, uh, everything that you've been promised, it seems like it's not gonna, gonna happen. Uh, just keep trusting God mm -hmm. uh, because uh, his promises are yes and amen. He's going to carry out his promises. Mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, trust when you can't trace. Is that what mm -hmm. you said? That's really good. Yeah, you can't always. Yeah, you can't always trace them, but you still have to trust them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really, really like that. That's really, really good. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do, you, what do you want to leave people with today? I mean, I know we kind of did a big, a big uh, circle around your journey. Circle around. Um, I mean, I love that you touched on the pieces of grieving, yes. you know, I think I love that you touched on the places of like even moving forward and how to do that. Yes. Um, and even just trusting God when you can't trace God mm -hmm. like that. Um, what, what would you want to leave people with? Just I, I want them, I want them to know that we serve a God who is the God of a second chance. Yes. He's all about uh, relationships and the purpose of the second chance. I believe is so that we can get relationships right. Like for so long, if we're being honest, we've messed up a lot of relationships. We have not done relationships well. But the point of having a second chance is so you can uh, learn from your mistakes. I like to say that if you're not learning, you're not living. You want to keep on learning. You don't want to be a know-it-all. You want to be a learn-it-all. These are just phrases I tell myself, Ricky, you have to be a sponge. Try to learn everything. So I want to learn from my past experiences so when I get another chance, a second chance, I can do better this go around. So that's why I call my now marriage my forever marriage because I know I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> and she ain't, she ain't either. It's a done deal because, but you want to keep learning. Uh, and that's a part of the process. You want to keep learning. And I'm just so thankful that we have a God who, who is just not the God of a second chance. He's a God of another chance. Mm -hmm. So if we're, we're honest, we're on our, our seventh, our eighth, our 70th, yeah. our 700th Seven chance. <laughs> and thank God that uh, God's grace is sufficient for all of that. 
So just take advantage of God's grace. Mm. It's been afforded to us. So now we have to, do, what are you gonna do with it? Yeah. Uh, my big question would be, what, what are you going to do with the grace that God has afforded unto you? Mm. That's the big question. That's that I good. Would ask. That's good. Ricky, thank you so much for being here. You're thank welcome. you so much for sharing your story and your journey. And really just, I mean, I think this is the perfect conversation to even just be propelling us through this new holiday season. Absolutely. I mean, last year we couldn't do anything and this year we're looking at potentially being able to do more. And so I think that this is so perfect for that and so perfect for um, for our people. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jessica. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that is a wrap for today's conversation with Ricky Fondren. And a quick note I wanna share with you all today. We will be on a hiatus until January. However, in the meantime, you can catch up on any previous conversations on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We so appreciate you. For joining us today, make sure you follow our Instagram account at Green Chair Conversations for a look behind the scenes and to see what's coming up in the next year. I love you guys and I'll see you in 2022.